Welcome to Padmutun, Armenian History Podcast. Padiyagak Padmutun, Hayots Padmutiana Podcaster. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Padmutun. Welcome back, Padiyagak to Padmutun. I'm, I'm Father Tarios Barsarian and I'm here with my friend Peter Hajinian. Hello. Parigalust. We have an exciting story today to tell. Yeah, we, we almost had a we were talking so much about this off mic, we had to save we have to save some of this story, some of those yeah. jokes for this uh, episode. Yeah. Because it's a it's a good one, it's a big one. We're talking again about the Kingdom of Cilicia, but we're talking about a specific event. Yes. That begins the Kingdom of Cilicia. Cilicia. We talked about, yeah, in Cilicia in general, but we covered some of the kings in general. But I think there is a lot to tell there. There is a, there is a, there are stories, important events. Mm-hmm. So we decided to uh, tell the story today of King Levon. King Levon. The first king of Cilicia. Yes. The founder of the Kingdom of Cilicia. Also known as Le- Baron Levon II. Mm-hmm. And King Levon the First mm-hmm. and Levon the Great. Yes. Do you want to tell a little bit about in general Cilicia of the kingdom? Uh, yeah. How it was formed and uh, or or the uh, or the uh, this uh, region of Cilicia. Well, let's let's situate ourselves. So we yeah. talk a lot about Armenia being in the eastern Anatolia, mm-hmm. um, but this we're talking about. The kingdom of Cilicia was on the north coast of the Mediterranean, on the southeastern corner of what we call Turkey now, mm-hmm. and a little bit of Syria. Yeah. But if you think about Cyprus, if you go straight north of Cyprus, it's that area. Mm-hmm. So there are cities like Adana, Sis, Tarsus. Tarsus, yeah. These are cities that were in Cilicia. Yeah. How did the Armenians end up here? Well... Or how they become rulers of this area, right? Some, some, some may ask. Right. Well, one, one thing that was happening was that the Byzantines were inviting Armenians to come live in this part of, of Anatolia, Asia Minor, because they needed a buffer state between them and the rising Muslim caliphate that was mm-hmm. coming up. So Armenians were invited over. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is, you at this time, Armenia, what we consider Greater Armenian, has been conquered. Gagik, the Gagik II, the last king, Bagratid, king of Armenia, had been conquered and, right. and fell to uh, uh, Arab invaders. So the rule, the barons and some of the royal parties, royal families, left and came to this part of the world where mm-hmm. there were Armenians settled. So you had some people. Now you have some barons and earls and and not not quite kings. You have to be kind of. You have to be recognized as a king to be recognized, to, mm-hmm. or to be a king. Other people, other kings have to say, yeah, you're a king. You're a king. You can't just say, I'm a king. <laughs> and everyone's going to say, you're not a king. So you have all these royal families, including the Rubenids, or founded by Rubin, who uh, they're, they're considered, so it's the barony of Cilicia. Yeah. And we're talking Ruben about... Ruben was a relative of, uh, from, uh, from royal family of Gagik. Yes. Right? He was uh, Bagadid. He was Bagadid. Moved to uh, and then he moved Cilicia. Over, started his own thing. Started his own. Uh, and what we're talking about is the time when it goes from a barony to a kingdom. Mm-hmm. And this is the 
last Armenian kingdom mm-hmm. until this kingdom eventually ends a couple hundred years later. The last Armenian kingdom, the last Ar- independent Armenian place until the First Republic of Armenia First Republic of in Armenia. 1918. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the nobles, Armenian, they come to this area, the mountainous area. Yeah. Uh, Byzantines, they were west. Uh, and this area kind of was abandoned. And uh, it was a mountainous area. So the Armenians were called kings of the mountains. Yeah. Seljuks wouldn't even dare to go to those areas because they were so difficult to conquer and they were mountains. So Armenians, they would form, form strongholds and fortresses on top of these mountains. Yes. Uh, Ruben and, and others. Uh, so they were nobles before, barons before, um, uh, before Levon the first who became became a king. But before him, um, um, Ruben the third, yes, was the king before Levon, right? It was the, was the bear, ruler. The was ruler. the ruler. Yeah. His brother. He, his brother, Levon's, uh, Levon's brother. Uh, he was in exile in Antioch. Mm-hmm. And Levon and others, they kind of help and, uh, uh, and bring him back. Bring him back to, uh, to uh, Cilicia. And then, uh, uh, but he says, well, uh, I, I don't want to be a <laughs> anymore. I don't want to be the ruler anymore. I want to go to a monastery. I want to retire to a, to a, to a, to a monastery. It's like they, they have no other place to retire. Who else was that? The, well, later his great, it would be like his great, great, great grandson gave up the throne. Hetum II yeah. gave up the throne to be a Franciscan monk. <laughs> they do. Let's they, go to a, to a monastery. Like, they have monastery. no other retirement plan. They have no other idea of how to retire. It's, it's king and then a monk. <laughs> that should tell you, too, how difficult it was to be a baron or a king. Oh, I don't want to be the king. I'd rather be a monk. Monk. <laughs> well, they were well taken care of a monastery. Yes, probably. yeah. <laughs> so... Ruben III, after coming back from exile in Antioch, and Antioch is going to appear a lot, I mean, it's yes. in this episode. So he says, I want to be a, a monk, I want to retire. And Levon says, well, I'll, I'll be in charge. Right. I'll be in charge. And he, and he uh, turns out to be one of the greatest kings of yes. Armenian history. He really, he, much like Tigran the Great, mm. he has a good, he has a good, um, acumen for knowing when to fight mm-hmm. and knowing when to be a diplomat oh yeah and he's really good at figuring out uh you know how to how to play different sides off each other because if we to to give more of the picture of the world you have byzantium which thinks it's the greatest kingdom on earth that it's the uh, right. you know it's it's accepted the mantle from rome it's the roman you know empire then you have the muslim uh, the Caliphate rulers that have control, they control Jerusalem, they control, you know, up into Armenia, mm-hmm. east, they go all the way out to Spain. Then you have the Crusader kingdoms, mm-hmm. which are coming from, they call them the Franks, but it's not just the French, it's the Germans too. And the Germans, it's interesting enough, they call their kingdom the Holy Roman Empire. The Holy kids, Roman Empire. <laughs> they're like, no, actually, we're the, uh, we're the official um, successors. Of, yeah, successors of Rome. So you have Christians from the, we call them Latin Christians or Western Christians, coming in to try and free the Holy Land. Then you have Byzantium or Greek Christians that aren't quite sure what to do with them. 
Then you have the Armenians, the Armenian Christians, that aren't accepted by the Byzantines. Mm-hmm. We talked about this in our Byzantium Emperor, Armenian emperors. Kings, yeah. Yeah. They were different, you know, they, they were uh, uh, non Chalcedon Armenian or Christians. So the Greeks didn't like the Armenians because of that, or they looked down on them, but they also needed them. Yeah. And that will also come up a lot in this episode. Yeah. yeah. So, and Levon finds himself in the middle of all of this. Yeah. And he needed to uh, kind of come up with a strategy how to deal with all of it. And he was pretty good at that. Yeah. He was, uh, he, he was, uh, he was fighting with the enemies, with the right enemies. Kind of when we say choose your battles, he was really smart at that. Yeah. He would choose his battles with whom to fight and whom to be friends with. He never really, for example, one of the greatest rulers of the time was Saladin. Mm-hmm. He never, Levon really was in a good relationship with, and he wanted to keep that way. Yeah, keep it that way. Good relate. He never really. Uh, had any uh, straight uh, fight or beats with Saladin? Maybe around with allies of Saladin around him, uh, but he won't wanted to stay, uh, you know, in, in good terms with Saladin right. or with with Richard or English yeah. or British or um, or with Rome, Barbarossa yeah. and others. And so uh, he was really a, a smart ruler. Well, and to your point, the first in eleven eighty seven. He has a series of successful battles against not Saladin, but the Sultan of Aleppo and Damascus. Mm-hmm. So he's starting to carve out some land. You know, they, they might be in Aleppo and Damascus, but they control some land that we now consider Cilicia. Yeah. So he, he, he fights some of that. But then, then Saladin comes out of Egypt and he backs off and doesn't take more things. Yeah. So and then 1190... Um, uh, crusaders they come mm-hmm. and they come they the Selefkia was one of the fortresses right Cilician fortress they siege the fortress yeah and they uh, they uh, they want uh, Levon to uh, to promise to help uh, to join Crusaders mm-hmm. to join join the, the campaign and uh, and Levon being smart ruler and he doesn't want to do that he doesn't want because he's he wants to if he joins Crusaders, it's, it means going against Saladin. It means going against uh, uh, Muslim rulers mm-hmm. in that area. So Byzantines, they didn't understand that. Yeah. You're either on their side or you're not. Well, think, think about it. The Crusaders are coming from Europe, and they're yeah. looking for two things. One, they're looking to fight a very principled battle of just we've got to, we've got to reconquer Jerusalem for the whole reconquer the Holy Land for Christianity. And two, they're looking for wealth. They want yeah. to take as much wealth out. But they won't live. They don't live. They're not from this part of the world. <laughs> but but Levon's from this part of the world. So he knows you have to be a good neighbor. You can't, you know, we might disagree on some things, but I can't, you know, go to war with every neighbor I have. Yeah. So was, you're here today, you're leaving tomorrow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, so Levon has this great uh, partner kind of uh, alongside him, uh, uh, the Catholicos, mm-hmm. Nerses Lambronazzi, mm-hmm. who was another smart ruler too, another smart head of the church. And he was really well educated. He was one of the greatest leaders of Armenian church, uh, wrote many, many uh, liturgical books and uh, theological books. And uh, he had a great uh, uh, letter uh, exchange with some of Roman um, popes at a time, 
uh, he sometimes he I think introduced some of the Latin uh, hab practices into an Armenian church. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes he's liked by some of Armenian theologians. Sometimes he's not. Mm. <laughs> like, uh, he's sometimes accused of being too Western. Nerseslambronazi, <laughs> but he knew how to negotiate. So he goes and he negotiates with. Uh, so Levon asks Bishop Nerseslambronazi to go negotiate on behalf of him yeah, with the Crusaders. With the Crusaders, you know, because uh, Crusaders, although they were conquerors and but they had religious aspect to it too so they knew the uh, how to honor a bishop probably at a time right. too and they had uh, they had crosses and all of that so Levon says I cannot join you but I I can help right, right? I provide horses I'll provide uh, uh, military assistance I'll pro- but not soldiers mm-hmm. but not military uh, uh, personnel Right. And they needed that too. Yeah. The Crusaders, they could take, just give us anything. You, you, we'll, we'll take everything. <laughs> anything you get. <laughs> do you have any extra swords? Or uh, hor- yeah, horses? What, what do you got? What do you, what do you what got? got? <laughs> They're kind of desperate. <laughs> Taking everything. But Levon is smart, right? He says, well, I give you the, all this, but you have to give me something back too. Mm-hmm. And it is... The, he asked for the recognition of being a king. Being a king, right. So he says, oh, you guys have a king. I've got... Well, this is where he meets Richard of the Lionheart, mm-hmm. the famous English king. Yeah. And they become friends yeah. through this. And it's just a way, yeah, a way that he can establish some uh, relationship, camaraderie with some of the other kings yeah. that are coming through. He uh, he helps Richard the, the Lionheart. He helps him. He helps him conquer Cyprus mm-hmm. because Richard wanted to. But then uh, there was another ruler too, another uh, uh, Crusader ruler that he, uh, he, he from Germany and uh, yeah, Barbarossa. That, Barbarossa that he was uh, he was in good relationship and uh, he was able to navigate through all of this. Yeah, Barbarossa. You might know, you might have heard of the history Redbeard. Mm-hmm. Barbarossa, that's Barbarossa. There's Barbarossa, yeah. 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 That'll, that name will, he'll, he'll come up later in the episode. Yeah. So, uh, Crusaders, unfortunately, they lost the campaign, right? Right. Uh, and, and Levon thinks, well, now Muslims are going to come after me. Yeah, here comes Saladin. Here comes Saladin. So he tries to uh, kind of uh, um, to be uh, proactive kind right. of to uh, he thinks that the best defense is attack right good offense <laughs> go good uh, yeah good offense is, is to uh, attack and he conquers some of regions of Antioch mm-hmm. Antioch was an ally right of uh, Saladin uh, and, uh, and, and and he tries to uh, uh Probably uh, um, some some uh, uh, strategy, devise some strategy. He tries to devise some strategy with Assyrian population of that area. Mm. He uh, assigns someone to be uh, uh, their Catholicos, although they had already one. <laughs> but he says, "Here, I give you another Catholicos." And <laughs> so I think he had an idea of kind of 
bringing Antioch uh, with the Syrian population and, and Cilicia with the Armenian population together, uniting them into one kingdom. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see that coming coming uh, uh, later too. Uh, but Saladin, 1193, uh, uh, he starts attacking yeah. too. <laughs> he convinces the ruler of Antioch to attack Cilicia. So he kind of sees... Mm-hmm. This is Saladin was also known as a genius in these military things. Yeah, and it was also because he wasn't just ruthless; he was he, he played mm-hmm. different rulers off different things. So he sees what what Levon is doing. And yeah, they they play kind of good relationship and friendship. Yeah, but underneath they are trying to uh, kind of uh, make each other. <laughs> yeah, this should be a a TV series. It's very yeah, lots of Re- reality. Yeah, reality TV. So Antioch is in the middle of all of this. <laughs> so Saladin now convinces Antioch to attack attack Cilicia. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the ruler starts the campaign. Uh, and then he has a heart attack uh-huh. <laughs> and dies and Bad doesn't time. really doesn't really get to uh, Cilicia doesn't really get to Cilicia but the next ruler mm-hmm. Bohemund 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 right? what a name what Bohemund Greek <laughs> I don't know <laughs> uh, he he tries to finish that uh, campaign and he's he, uh, he thinks that he wants to uh, intends to arrest Levon yeah. And exile him to, uh, as a gift, exile him to Egypt. Yeah, send him to Saladin. Saladin. Now, this is an interesting twist, I yeah. think. Because Levon finds out about it from who? Bohemund's wife. <laughs> Bohemund's wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> who else than Bohemund's wife? Who else would tell him but Bohemund's wife? So, not his spies or anybody. So, uh, you know, maybe Bohemund invited him over for dinner just to have a friendly chat. Yeah. I'm the new ruler. Come on. It'd be nice to meet you, new neighbor. And uh, turns out his wife falls in love with Levon uh-huh. and then tells him about her husband's plan. Yeah. Whew. It was, it was not uncommon, these, 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 uh, <laughs> these uh, royal, these uh, palace uh, romance, romance, romances. The romances, yeah. Yeah. So it turns out Bohemond's wife and Levon, they were... They were together. Mm, together. <laughs> they were lover, lovers, and uh, she was in love with Levon, and uh, obviously uh, she, she tries to help. Yeah, didn't want him to go to Egypt, get sent to Egypt. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what interest? I mean, how interesting that, that so, is. I mean, it sounds a lot like uh, the love triangle between um, Julius Caesar and Cleopatra and mm. Mark Antony. Mm. Yeah, the, the same same stories, right? Same stories. Yeah. But what happens? What happens is. Uh, uh, Levon invites him, uh, Bohemund, to Cilicia for to come over. Let's talk. And, come to and, my house. And he he ends up arresting. Him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, if you think about the story of Arshak and uh, yes, uh, the Persian, uh, the, the castle of oblivion. Yeah, castle of oblivion. Yeah. How, how Arshak goes for for dinner. Let's talk, and then he was arrested. Now Levon is doing the same. I mean, they are using the same how. How many times can you fall for this? <laughs> if they invite for dinner, don't go. If you're at war with somebody, don't go to their house for dinner. Well, it happens so much. It, it must, it must, it's amazing. You must think, so does this happen right after they lose the battle? Or is it a couple months later, they say, we should, we should have a meeting yeah. and talk this out. No well, more war. Let's just talk it Or out. just meet some someplace uh, 
someplace in, uh, in neutral the in the, the middle. Starbucks well. by the highway. Yeah, yeah let's just meet. <laughs> let's let's meet in the coffee shop. <laughs> but uh, some of these stories we don't know how true or how. Uh, but so Levon brings him to uh, Cis. His capital. His capital. Yeah. He's arrested, brings him to seizures, and, 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 and of course, Levon forced him to sign a treaty, sign an agreement. Right. Yeah, and, uh, and to strengthen that unity, Bohemund's son, uh, Raymond. Uh, Raymond, marries uh, uh, Levon's uh, niece, 14 year old niece. 14 year old niece. But he doesn't, Raymond, uh, although they were. I mean, this was arranged marriage. They were not husband and wife living as husband and wife. Yeah, but Raymond yeah. has had to stay with Levon yeah. and be raised as Levon's kind of son. Mm-hmm. And uh, as later to be married with uh, his niece. Yeah. So uh, he's not like a prisoner, but technically he is. Yeah, a lot like, well, uh, we saw this with Tigran the Great. Tigran the Great was a prisoner of Persia Mm -hmm. until he was 40 Mm -hmm. and it was I think it was a way it was like leverage you you know you you have to give your son or your daughter well Mm -hmm. usually your son up yeah your son has to go live with the enemy and so it makes you a little bit less likely to attack and invade them yeah but that was I mean this is this is a way to show kind of how Levon the the Levon was figuring out how to gain territory and power mm-hmm. after the crusaders kind of came through and shook things up yeah and that's a lot of what it seems the crusaders did they would come to invade but they would just kind of shake things up yeah. and then destabilize destabilize and then everyone that was in the region have to figure out how to kind of get around yeah it. but when when interesting difference is that levon used it as a way to ingratiate himself mm-hmm. to the western rulers and the western christians because they didn't, unlike, unlike the uh, Byzantines, they didn't, they didn't care, you know, that he was non-Chalcedon. Yeah. That was not as important. Um, and so he, like we said before, he made friends with Richard the Lionheart, the German Emperor Frederick I, who was Barbarossa, mm-hmm. um, and Barbarossa's son, Henry V. So... We're up to now to 1198. Mm-hmm. January 6, 1198, in the Church of Holy Wisdom of Tarsus, King Levon is crowned. Yeah, as a king. As a king. And he he's crowned by uh, the Pope, Pope Celest, Celestine III, sent a cardinal. He's a legate, right? Yeah, to give send him, representative. To give him a crown. And the Catholicos crowned him mm-hmm. and there are two liturgical services one by Armenian church first it was Armenian Christmas of course yeah. January 6th yep. and then the other one was a Latin right right Latin service right and by be, uh, and because Celestine. yes by by the legate legate yeah and because Barbarossa Barbarossa actually died before he gave him the crown but his son gave him the crown and because it was a king who said yeah, you're a king. Yeah. You can be a king. That was all that he needed. He needed that. What he needed I, the crown. The he needed the crown from him. But this is the first time in history when Rome, Roman Church, mm-hmm. and the Holy Roman Empire, they agreed on something. Yes. 
because they never agreed on anything. <laughs> well, the, the Pope had some conditions, right? Mm-hmm. The Pope had three conditions. The first one was that the Armenians had to celebrate Christmas when the West did. So not January 6th and the 25th. Second was the, that the Armenian Church had to perform matins and vespers. Matins is the midday service, mm-hmm. and vespers is the evening service. Mm-hmm. And Armenians, I think this is interesting, Armenians had kind of stopped doing that on a daily basis a long time ago. That's that's what I had read. No, did you ever do matins maybe and they, vespers? Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe in every monastery, until now, in they, 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 they do all the services. Yeah. Maybe it was a Cilician thing. Yeah. And then they said that Easter and Christmas fasts had to be broken with fish and oil. <laughs> so, Levon agreed. What I read was that Levon agreed. Did you? But obviously, that didn't take in the Armenian church. We still have Christmas on January 6th. Yes. Had you ever heard anything about that? No. About no. those things? No. <laughs> I mean, those are conditions that. Maybe recommendations. <laughs> recommendations. That's probably a better better way to put it. Or maybe uh, Pope Ben when he sent all of this, and then when you see right, it's optional. <laughs> optional. <laughs> those, are, those are some conditions, but they are optional. They're optional. I mean, yeah. <laughs> It'd be nice if you could. It'll be nice. If you but... could move Christmas. Well, he had. I mean, at his coronation, he had. Um, uh, well, we talked about the, the Pope's legate. We talked about representative from uh, Barbarossa. Then also the Byzantines sent a representative mm-hmm. and Saladin sent a representative. Well, everybody was representative. Everybody was there. There were 15 bishops and 39 Armenian nobles. Wow. So as a guy who had to figure out a balancing act between East and West, Christian and Muslim all the Armenian royal families, all the churches, it was kind of the best he could have thought of, or the best he could have hoped for. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Probably no other noble at the time had that all these privileges, all this all these, uh, honor mm-hmm. and dignity. And, and he was loved, probably. I mean, this, this speaks to his genius. This speaks to his... Uh, uh, as a uh, as really talented ruler that was able to bring all of these nobles and all of these different enemies of each other to mm-hmm. together to agree on something to agree that for him to become a king. His charisma and I mean Bohemund's wife fell in love with Bohemund's him. wife. So he must have been forget a, about that. <laughs> he must have been a charismatic man. He must have had you know. Yeah, the ability to work a room and to, to get people to listen to him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is like uh, the, the Greek Zeus. I mean, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> everybody likes He's the king. Everybody's kind of around him. <laughs> everybody comes to an agreement. <laughs> But it becomes a Rex Armenia. Yes. Rex, Rex uh, the, the first Armenian king since Gagik II's reign ended in 1045. So 153 years. But that name is important. And Rex he Armenia. preferred mm-hmm. uh, to be called, even on the, on the coins, 
he's called mm-hmm. Rex uh, Armeni, right? Yeah. Because uh, he did not, he didn't want to be called Tagavor, or or in Armenian we say king. Yeah. Because uh, Rex is kind of a little bit of a higher uh, level than uh, than just the king. Well, it's the it's that outside it's something in the middle between the emperor and the king. Yeah. Something uh, maybe hard to do, hard to describe, but but it has a different it had a different meaning, and he preferred that title. Yeah. That's why he's uh, named uh, Rex. It, it may have been a little bit of the um, Western influence too. Mm. Uh, the you know the the um, it's calling himself Rex as opposed to Takabor. Takabor, and it's he, he didn't say Cilicia Armenia. He says Armenia. Yes. And sometimes it's called Lesser Armenia in some history books, but. He was like, this was an Armenian kingdom. This yes. is not, um, which is an important distinction because there were other kingdoms, Kalmagani, Sofeni. Mm-hmm. These were ancient Armenian kingdoms that were controlled by Armenians. They had Armenian kings, but they called themselves something else. Yeah. Nimrudakh is Kalmagani. And that's, that was an Armenian kingdom. Yeah. So this kingdom, although it was not in the territory of Armenia, but it was an Armenian kingdom. And the people who were there living there, they were Armenians. Obviously, the faith, the religion, the culture, everything was Armenian. And obviously, the king was called, king preferred to be called and have a title, king of Armenians, and not a king of Cilicia. Cilicia. Later, it is known as, because of the geographical yes. uh, reason, because of the geography, what the territory is called, uh, it was called Cilician Armenia, Cilician Kingdom. I'm just looking up the um, the, the coronation trump to see what it says on there. It says I think it might say Takavor Hayots. It's hard to see, but you see the T to for yeah, just Takavor Hayots. But his signature. Mm-hmm. I believe says Rex Armenia. Signature Rex Armenia. Yeah. So so he had a few coins too. Yeah, he did. He had a coronation trom. He had a, a regular trom, which is just silver pieces. He had a double trom, which is a... Trom is the, is the money, money, right? Is yeah. The... And then he had... I believe he had some polks, which are bronze-struck coins. Yeah. Yeah, the, the coin that he uh, made, it says Takabur Hayots. Yes. The king of Armenians. Yeah, king like of Armenians. Like Catholicos of Armenians. Yes, Catholicos yes. Hayots and Takabur Hayots, king of Armenians. But we have his signature. What's interesting about his signature, if you look it up, it's not written in Armenian. It is in Latin. It's in Latin, yeah. And that's what he preferred, I think. Maybe for Western rulers. Yeah. I it was more recognizable. It's so interesting because... This is the, you know, we talk about what's the connection between, is Armenian Eastern or is it Western? Is it Europe or is it Middle East? Is it, you know, and this is, this is something where it looks like you could say we, we have, uh, uh, we have history in both places and we can claim both through, you know, things like Love on the Great and mm-hmm. the way he kind of rode the line between those two worlds. Yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you think of the influence of the Latin Church in in Armenia and Cilicia? Is this 
the influence was great. It was great. There was great influence on, upon our Armenian church, uh, by Latin church, especially in Cilicia. First of all, they, they tried a few times to turn Armenian church in Cilicia into a, more of a Latin church. Uh, there was a lot of influence in uh, liturgical practices, investments, mm-hmm. uh, uh, some of the prayers. Uh, so uh, I, I think there was some departure at the time in, in our liturgy uh, from Orthodox tradition into more Latin. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think whatever influence we have on the Armenian church, Latin influence, we, comes from Cilician Armenia. Mm. Cilician. And Nessus Lambrunzi had a great role in that too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it's bad or good or anything like that, but we have to recognize it. Mm-hmm. We have to rec- recognize it. Uh, there were some, I think, uh, rulers of the church, some, they, they did, I think, convert into a, a Chalcedonian. Uh, uh, theology, uh, they did accept Chalcedon, but I think at the time there was also uh, an attempt to understand more what the differences are mm-hmm. and, and to reconcile some reconcile them. Some of the kings they converted and became uh, Chalcedonian, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think it was hard to balance. Yeah. There was so much influence, there was uh, so much pressure, it was hard to really balance, uh, hard to really uh, stay and and uh, and I think because there was more understanding too, and keep in mind, Roman Church was theologically more advanced than probably Armenian Church at the time. Mm. Yeah. Well, so. I think too that the key to that is the balance. The balance, mm-hmm. and I mean, you see it in the way Levon arrives to the coronation, is all those years of how he balanced all those people, and then at the coronation, all of these people show up. To recognize his sovereignty and mm-hmm. say, "Yes, you are a king. You, you know, you carry yourself like a king. You, you act like a king. You've made deals like a king." You like a king. <laughs> but even really, uh, if you think about, it, he was just given that title. Uh, maybe he earned that title. I think uh-huh. with all his battles, and I mean, they don't just give someone title because because they ask for it. Right. But you earn it. Right. You earn it. Um, I think uh, he came to that level to be called a king. Uh, but it's something that they can just take away from. <laughs> well, I think what, 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 uh, what's interesting, too, is we call him Levon the Great. I mean, there's Tigran the Great and mm-hmm. there's Levon the Great. We don't call any other kings great, do we? No. Um, and one of the reasons... I think that he earned that title among us Armenians is no other ruler after him was able to maintain the balance that he maintained yeah. his, uh, we'll talk a little bit about what happened to his heir to the throne. You know, he's now King and what happens now, but <laughs> it's always his grandchildren, good. his great grandchildren. I mean, there's, you know, the the Hetum the second who became a, who abdicated to become a monk, yeah, moved to the monastery. He had to come back because his kids were fighting so much. There was about you know three kings in five years, and so he came back and had to take over take again. Over. To so nobody had. It's rare. He's Levon the Great is really, was really a rare ruler. Yeah, there is no other translation for it, uh, but we say in English great. 
but in Armenia there is a distinction. Only Tigran is called the Great Tigran Meds. Yeah. But Levon is go called Levon Medzagort, the one who accomplished great things. Ah. Yeah. Medzagort. So Levon is called Tig- Levon Medzagort, but Tigran is called Levon the Great. Uh, Tigran is called Tigran the Great. So Tigran is the only one that is called the He's Great. No okay. But Levon is called Tigran Levon Medzagort, Le- the one who accomplished great things, great works. Yeah. So uh, so there is distinction there. That's there a, too. that's interesting. I didn't know that distinction. Yeah. That's what happens when you read everything in English. In, in, <laughs> but in English, <laughs> it's hard to translate that. Yes. It, it's hard to uh, transfer that. I mean, uh, but in Armenia, there is a distinction. And I think it's important to know that. That is, to that know is that good. Too. Yeah. But these, he did, yeah, he did great work. He, he did great things. Yeah. He became a king. He conquered something. I mean, he expands the territory of yeah. Cilicia all the way to the seas. He uh, he he account, he uh, starts this trading relationship all the way to Venice, yep. to uh, to Rome, and Cilicia is now on that on that the Silk Road. Silk Road now mm-hmm. important an uh, important center. Cilicia is growing Marco during his Polo. time. Yeah. Yeah. Cilicia yeah. is an important important center, and all these trading routes. He's uh, he's uh, developing all these relationships. He's spending t- territory, so he accomplished really great things. And because of him, because of Levon, the great uh, and his um, talent and his achievements, we had we had communities mm-hmm. in Venice. We had merchants in Venice, in Rome, and Europe, all over Europe, because of because of uh, his works that he did. Because of Levon. But there's one thing Levon didn't do. <laughs> he didn't have an heir. <laughs> As it is the case very often for these great rulers, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, here, there, you'll become a great ruler, but no one is going to continue <laughs> your... Like Tigran the Great, he had, he had an heir, but none of them turned out to be really successful. No. But anyway, so he did not have a... He did not have an heir to the throne. No. He didn't have a... He had a queen... Mm-hmm. But he didn't have Sibyl, a son. Sibyl, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. He, had, uh, he had a son, but it was not from a queen. It was from a concubine. So the son could not be a rightful heir to the throne. Right. So even, unfortunately, he was, he, he was killed. His, his son was killed by, by the queen. She arranged. Yes. I mean, uh, it is probably, uh, it was not known then, but she arranged the, uh, the killing, the murder of a... Uh, so he would never take the throne. He would never, because she thought it's a disrespect to the queen yeah. to have something like that. Now, what about Bohemund's son? Remember him? Now, he comes to the play. <laughs> <laughs> Bohemund's son, Raymond. Raymond. So the son is killed. Uh, there is no rightful heir to the throne. But, hey, Ray, Raymond says, I'm here. <laughs> how, about, how about me, Raymond? Uh, so Levon adopts him. Mm-hmm. Oh no, Levon adopts uh, 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 Raymond dies That's right. in Cis, right? Yeah. Somehow he died. He died somehow. <laughs> somehow he died. Remember, just, that Antioch, died. remember that Antioch, the, the ruler from Antioch, he <laughs> died all attack. of a sudden, yeah. heart, heart attack. Yeah. And then Raymond now. He dies also. <laughs> he, he dies. But he has a son. But he has a son. Okay. Because he was there for a few years and uh, he has a son. So Levon ends up adopting. Right. That's his he, name was Ruben. Ruben. Because Raymond's son is through Levon's niece. Niece. Yes. 
So there's some tie with blood. Yeah. Ruben. Ruben. So but Ruben doesn't last very long. No, he was not really a good ruler, and uh, he. Uh, Levon sends him to Antioch. He tries to uh, because he was both Antiochian and Armenian, and yeah. so kind of uh, uniting these kingdoms. But he kept. He uh, and he he even promises him the throne. Yeah. Gives him the throne. Uh, but then he uh, he keeps losing the Antioch and that region area, and then uh, kind of Levon strips away from all these uh, privileges, all these throne and everything, and just sends him away. And so, uh, right. And then he opens the door to his daughter Zabel. Hmm. For the first time, Zabel, the queen. This is queen, but they they won't let her reign alone. Mm-hmm. So she has to marry Hetum. Mm. Um, but what I think is a nice, well, what's interesting too about this is Hetum is the king, but he's only the king because Zabel is the queen, because she's the royal, the royal line. And the, when they when they strike their coin for their uh, coronation, it's the she's the only Armenian queen that shows up on a coin. Really? Yeah, it's Hetum and Zabel standing side by side. In the in the coronation in all. So Hetum is no one without Zabel. Hetum is no one without Zabel, and so yeah. Don't forget who you. <laughs> you might be king, but don't forget who made you king. <laughs> made you king. So Zabel had more power, more yeah. say probably in that relationship. She was the she was the queen. Yeah, and if she probably wasn't ruling things outright, she was probably ruling things from you know. Yeah. The the shadows, but yeah. it's uh. Yeah, that's that's kind of the, and then from there, there's a whole bunch of there's more twists and turns in the Cilician story. Yeah. But but Levon probably was the first and last great king of this kingdom. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any more great kings no. in this king. It went down from there. The king, king, the kingdom of Cilicia lasted 107, 177 years. Hundred and seventy-seven years after he was crowned. That's a that's a lot though. It's a long time. And the last king was... Soviet Union lasted 70 years. <laughs> it's been only 300-some years for United States. <laughs> so 170 years is a long time. It's a long time, yeah. So it's it's pretty uh, pretty impressive. And it all it, it would not have lasted that long if, if Levon hadn't done the great works. Yeah. But probably kingdom was, was, was doomed to, uh, to failure one day because of uh, the... Territory it was in because of greater powers. Uh, I think uh, Crusaders uh, uh, they had a lot to do with destabilizing that region, but things were going to shape up soon, and 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 I think uh, uh, it, it had very little chance of survival, especially with rulers yeah. like the, the ones they followed, Levon. Right. Yeah, but Levon was a great king and. Uh, and he accomplished great things, and that's why he's called Levon Mezagort, the one who accomplished great works among Armenians. Yeah. King of Armenia. Or King of Armenians. Rex. Rex we should say, King of, King Armenians. of Armenians. Rex Armenia. Rex Armenia. <laughs> that's the story of Levon the first King yes. of King of uh, Armenians. Thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you. And. Uh, uh, We'll talk to you next time.
thanks for listening. Please like, subscribe.